Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. You may be seated in heavenly places. Yeah, hey, awesome to have you here. Man, this is a vibrant service. So good. Turn to your neighbor and just, yeah, give them a high five. Say, man, you're doing good. Get ready. Get ready for the word. Hey, we're, um, yeah, we are actually excited about the season of breakthrough that we are coming into. With our 21 days of prayer and fasting, maybe you've got one of these on your seat or on the seat next to you. And this just outlines a, you know, a, a few things um, that we are doing that you can come and partner with us in. Um, we're, we're doing some extra prayer meetings, which is going to be awesome. You know, it, this season, these next three weeks, it might be, it might, it might feel a little inconvenient. It might feel like, man, oh, Glenn's asking me to, you know, go without something. And but this is not for the sake of just going without. This is for the sake of breakthrough. This is for the sake of freedom. And it may feel inconvenient, but we want to actually, we really want to make this whole region really inconvenient for the enemy to be in. We want to make it like, we want to see him go. We want to see freedom come. And when Debbie makes those, you know, that, that thing she said this morning about this region being a cancer-free zone, it's not just a wafty, you know, idea. We actually, you know, heaven doesn't have cancer in it. Jesus said, pray like the kingdom of heaven would come to earth. Therefore, let's not have cancer in our region. Let's partner with him in prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for standing up, honey. Anyway, else you feel, you feel free to whoop, stand up, do whatever you want. Don't stay comfortable because Jesus wants to come and provoke you, I hope, this morning. I hope you get a little disturbed this morning and just unsettled. Um, like just, you know, out of your comfort zone. And that's okay because, you know, the Holy Spirit, one of His names is the Comforter. And He comforts when we're out of our comfort zone. If we weren't, you know, we didn't need His comfort, He wouldn't be called the Comforter. So God knows that you need to get uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, that's why He's there. You know, He is good. And I'm not saying that just because you're having an uncomfortable time, that, you know, that that's God, you know, um, just to clarify that. But the Holy Spirit is so present in our lives. And, and so we are, we're expecting results from this season. We are expecting, the Bible says that the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. They're not just powerful and random, like poof. Oh, look at that. Oh, wasn't that lovely? It's like, no, that, you know, that poof, that, that thing that happened was actually for an effect. That was for a change and a shift and a dynamic to be re realized and released into our lives. So if you've got your Bible with us today, jump to chapter 10. We've got it on the big screen up there as well. Um, and we're gonna, I'm going to speak from Daniel uh, this morning. And it's really looking beyond the natural into the super, supernatural realm that we are contending against. Or is actually empowering us from the kingdom of heaven with. So we are body, soul, and spirit. And if you're here today and you have no reference point for that, realizing that you're a spiritual being, I want to just remind you or just perhaps put the seed in there that you came from the Father's intentions, that your life wasn't random or just by chance or just because your parents got frisky, that actually, well, you were here, you are here because of that, 
There's no doubt about it. But the Bible says that God had your life in His heart before you appeared on this planet. Let's move on. Uh, Daniel chapter 10. It says, A revelation was given to Daniel. Its message was true and concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food. No meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Yeah, I know, he's stunky, he's stinky boy. Uh, and he was a hungry man as well. He, he spent some time to say, God, I want to contend. I want to actually unplug from all the distractions in my life, and I want to position myself in prayer at this time. And then it goes on to say in verse 5, it says, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from up his, around his waist. I don't know how to say that word. His body was like topaz. His face was like lightning. His eyes were flaming torches. Okay, this just got supernatural, all right? This is not just a bloke, you know, who just walked into, into the room. You know, this was, this was someone, an ambassador from heaven. This was an angel. It said his arms and legs like a gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice was like the sound of a multitude. Like, wow, this is big. This is a heavenly encounter. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. So this angelic encounter happened after the 21 days that Daniel set aside to seek God's face. And, and the thing I want to just pull out of the Scripture is that it says immediately, he said, the angel said, immediately when you prayed, your prayers were heard. The Father heard those prayers and, and the angels were empowered to bring a heavenly response. The Bible says the angels are ministers to the saints. The angels carry uh, this assignment from heaven and the, and the answers to prayer and the answers to healing and the, the resources of heaven. These angels are busy people. And so God was like, I heard that prayer and the angel was dispatched. The angel was dispatched, and then there was this war that took place. It took 21 days for that prayer to be realized. I want to remind you today that you are partnering with heaven in your prayers. It was about three weeks, three or four weeks ago now, Deb and I just felt like, man, we are really on the cusp as a church of, of really stepping into the first wave of financial blessing. Like as a church, we believe that, that God wants to bless our church with abundance. And, 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 and at that time, we thought, gee, God's asking us to just take another step of faith in tithing and offering. And, and we took another, we, we positioned our, in our hearts to take that step. And now at this time, we're talking a bit more about giving finances from the front. I don't know if you're aware of that, but... 
it just feels like God is specifically asking us in this season and maybe beyond this season to really honor the fact that God actually wants to bless us through our obedience with our provision. And so it's kind of like, you know, when you are an adult and your child gets Lego and then you rediscover as an adult how cool and fun Lego was to play with. It kind of feels like, oh, yeah, that's right. God really loves and cares about our finances and wants to be in the middle of them and doesn't want to meddle with them. He wants to bless them. And so we're just like reminding you of this when we talk about our finances. And so what, what we did is we were like, well, okay, we're going to stretch ourselves out here a little bit more and give a little bit more, believing that God actually wants to release greater provision to the house of God and, and the blessings that flow with that. And so we, we, took, we, we decided we were going to do this. I was going to speak about tithing in church. And, and then those kind of three weeks leading up to that Sunday, we just had things break Things go wrong. Like Edward was sharing this morning with his dishwasher. We had a car that just broke twice in a week. And, and other things were just kind of intimidating this step that we were about to take with giving more, more money. We were like, oh, in the natural, this doesn't look like the right idea right now. But who knows? We live by faith and not by sight. We don't live stupid, but we live by faith and not by sight. And we're determined in our hearts that this was a God thing, that we were going to do this. And so we made that decision and we activated our generosity at another level. And, and it was a little scary. And then two days after we did that, um, we, I was out praying and I was like, God, what do you want me to pray about? And, and, and because at this time, we'd also put in our hearts to actually stretch out and make another financial faith step. Uh, and we'd already made that decision months ago, and we felt like God was saying, come on, you know, this is, this is the right investment. So I was wrestling with this other step and uh, feeling like, God, am I being wise or am I being stupid? Am I giving my bread and, you know, not my seed? You know, the sense of like, this is something to sow and this is something to keep for yourself. And, and so I was just doing that with God. And, and when I said, God, what do you want me to pray? He, he just, um, I immediately got rebuked the devourer. Rebuke the devourer. And I was like, I think that's in the Bible. I looked it up on Google. And, and there, sure enough, it was Malachi 3, verse 11. And Edward shared on that this morning. I didn't know he was going to actually share that. And, and, and it says this, And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor the vine will fail uh, to bear fruit for you in the field. And, and so I thought, I'm going to partner with my prayers around rebuking the devil. Get your hands off my stuff. Get your hands off God's property. You know, this is God. And, and, and so I went, I went back to Deb and I said, hey, honey, I'm just, I'm wrestling with this other faith step that we were going to take. But I just, I got this, this sense that God was saying, rebuke the devourer, that, you know, that this is something for us to just consider as, as we pray. But I don't know. I think, I don't know whether we should give the, do this, this thing. This is... Maybe we're being stupid. And immediately when I said that, my phone vibrated. I got a, I got a text message. And in that text message, uh, someone said, hey, I just feel like God was saying for me to pray for that step, uh, sorry, to give towards that step of faith that you're going to take. Immediately. I'd just been saying to Debbie, I don't know if we should take this step. Um, uh, like immediately. And then I got a message saying, hey, I feel like I'm meant to actually partner with you 
and cover that step of faith that you're taking because I rebuked the devourer. Like that didn't take 21 days of prayer and fasting, but we have been contending for years for a flow of finances. And so when we're talking this morning and, and um, on Tuesday night, I want to talk more about the, the, the topic of, of receiving freedom around our lives, which is also, you know, taking ground and, and taking a hold of those strongholds that God wants to see us delivered from. You know, when we're contending for the promises of God, we're actually partnering with Him against the kingdom of darkness, against the enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But God's saying, rebuke the devourer. You are a part of the kingdom of light. You're a part of the kingdom of love. And that means right into every aspect of your life, right into that flow of provision. And as soon as you pray, God hears your prayer. He receives the message, but there's the spiritual realm that the, the, the delivery mechanism has to pass through. <laughs> and it goes on to say, this angel, it's probably, or possibly Gabriel, it says, but the, and he says this, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. So here's this angel being dispatched, but he's been resisted by a demonic warrior. I mean, this is, this is like Lord of the Rings stuff. It's crazy. It's like a fantasy land. Yet I want to just remind you that we are fighting a spiritual warfare. We are in spiritual battle. And then it says, and then Michael, which is, who's another angel, one of the chief princes, he's a good angel, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. He's just like fighting it out with the... You know, lights. Uh, he needed support for this message. And in the meantime, Daniel's praying and fasting. He's praying and fasting. He's empowering the victory for this warfare that's happening. I don't know how that works, but Daniel was locked into seeing this promise come to earth. And there's this war raging. And in Matthew 11 verse 12, it says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And this is one of those scriptures where we can see actually in regards to spiritual warfare that there's a battle. It cuts both ways. The kingdom of heaven is suffering violence. It is being actually intentionally, like it's been challenged. And yet it says the violent take it by force. That's like the, the warriors of God's kingdom coming back and pushing back and say, look, I'm gonna, I've got to do something aggressive here to see the kingdom of heaven realized in my life. It's not a passive kingdom. It's not a, just a, you know, I'm just going to hand the, the do not disturb sign on my door now that I've got Jesus in my life and just check out from reality. It's like, no, I will be present in my circumstances and I'll fight the good fight. See, Daniel became a catalyst for breakthrough. He took his place in it. And it says in Ephesians 6, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, 
so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Everyone say, stand your ground. That's what you're called to do. Stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. God wants you to stand up (laughs) in this season. He wants you to stand into the fullness of His armor. And you can read Ephesians 6. I'm not going to go into all that this morning, but it's an amazing chapter on God resourcing us for the fight. If it wasn't a fight, He would have given us a pipe and slippers and a lazy boy. But He's like, no, you're going to have armor, people. (laughs) You can have armor because you were born to fight. You were born for the struggle. You were born for war. You really were. Um, I was listening to John Bevere a week or so ago, and and he was uh, preaching in a a city somewhere in America. And while he's preaching, he gets this uh, word of knowledge for the church. And, And it's actually for, not only for the church, but for the the, the region, the city, and, 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 he, and, he, and he feels like the Holy Spirit says there's no church that's gone above a thousand in this region. And he actually found out that that was true from the pastor after the service. But he, he just, in faith, he said, there's no church. And God wants to actually bring expansion to the size of this church. And he said, I believe this church is called to a 40-day fast. And everyone was like, <laughs> like, I don't know, what does that mean? And it yeah, changed church. <laughs> everyone went to another church, and then there was a church that was over a thousand. It was a miracle. No. <laughs> he said, this is not a food fast. Uh, he said that, that um, this is a fast that causes us to separate ourselves from whatever is keeping us from spending quality time with God. And he went on to say it could be TV, it could be computer games, it could be music, it could be, um, yeah, just entertainment. Whatever is distracting you from God's presence. And so the church engaged with this and families came together over that time. School grades for children went up over that time and and there was a real uniting of the heart of the church and at the end of that 40 days John Bevere he went he said the church exploded and now they're a church of 4,000 people and I don't know if that happened like exploding slowly you know or was like but anything anyway God brought a shift into that environment as people separated themselves from distracting or from the distractions of life. And I suppose I want to ask you, as we consider looking at these next 21 days, what what would you consider to separate yourself from that's been distracting your life? That is maybe your comfort go-to, that is maybe just that, that place where you go just to zone out. Oh, I just want to ask you to zone in, especially over these next 21 days to zone in to prayer, to zone in to promise, to zone in to the prophetic words over your life. We've got some extra prayer meetings. or like We've got a midweek prayer meeting as well going on on Wednesday mornings at, from 7 till 7.30, just praying for our city, our region, 
opportunity for you to zone in to God's promises. How do you make room for God in this season? Because He has a reward waiting for you. He's heard your prayer. He's commissioned angels. And there's a fight taking place for you to access the blessing of heaven. Mitch, do you want to come up and just help me with this demonstration here? Because we're called to release heaven through our lives. We really are. We're called to actually take higher ground for the kingdom. We're called to go beyond where, 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 where have we ever, ever been? You know, like, it's just like, actually, this is my life. This is my normal. This is my normal. Yeah, this is just me. This is my normal me. Well, actually, God's saying, I believe to us, just don't, don't position yourself thinking that this is just all you are. He has designed us to be conduits for His weapons of heaven to bring mass destruction to the enemy around our lives. But you know when we have distractions in our life, they just kind of blo- they, they, they block the pipe. They block the barrel of the gun so that when God's firing stuff from heaven through us to this world, we just end up shooting blanks. We're just like, yep, shoot that blank. It just, it, it can't get out. It, it, it can't go through you. It can't come through us because we're ambassadors of heaven. We are commissioned with Christ. There's something about heaven coming to earth through us. The promises are released through our lives. But when we unblock and remove those distractions, when we remove those obstacles in our lives and we make room for His promises, this here happens. <laughs> so it t- sometimes it takes a few attempts for this to happen. Come on. And I, I just wanted to show you that imagery because God wants to use us to fire heaven's, you know, goodness into our lives, into this region. Heaven's promises into our high school, into our community, into your family. But it takes, it takes us changing our mindset. And we have to do things that maybe we've never done before so the barrel can be clean, so the presence can flow through our lives. And if I was to pour water through that pipe, it would flow freely and clearly because that, that blockage is no longer there. In Isaiah 58 verse 11, it says, you will be like, this is a promise for your life, that you'll be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Because there's no distractions. There's nothing getting in the way. Jesus says that streams of living water would flow from you, would flow through you freely when we get rid of those distractions in our lives. Fasting, it's not a hunger strike. It's not a protest until we get what we want It's about aligning our lives with God, not God just kind of being a bolt-on for what we want. We're a part of His big picture. 
It's a shift from thinking he's a part of just my picture. But we, we have the privilege of, of being a part of his big picture. What is your frustration in this season? Because it's so often that your frustration is actually the gateway for God's breakthrough to be realized in your life. Is your frustration, let's get really practical, is it nightmares? Is it fear? Is it strife in your family? Is it finances? Is it your mental health? Maybe it's time to just do something that you've never done before to see a shift of freedom around your lives. Sometimes we just have to create a little bit of disruption. Disruption to see the kingdom realized. So three benefits of fasting real quickly and almost closing. A fast will expand our vision. Lisa Bevere, she said, a, a diet changes the way you look, but a fast changes the way you see. Anna was a prophet. She was a, a woman of God who God had put something in her heart and, she, and he had said to her, you're going to see the Messiah. You're going to see Jesus as a baby. You're going to lay eyes on the promises of of heaven, you're going to have the privilege of seeing the promised child come to earth. And it says in Luke 2, verse 37, that she never left the temple. I'm not saying you guys don't have to go home today. She never left the temple. But imagine that. See, she never left the temple. But worship day and night, fasting and praying. You know, this is a demonstration of great faith. This, and a demonstration sometimes of great faith is just to stay positioned faithfully in your lane, worshiping until you see your breakthrough. And she positioned herself praying and fasting. And, and because she did this, her vision was extended. And God said to her, you're going to see the promise realized in your life. Number two, a fast releases reward. In Matthew 6, it says, But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face. <laughs> Don't be grubby. So that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting. Because Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and they're like, Look how spiritual I am. I'm earning the approval of God. And God's like, nah. Because then he goes on to say, But only but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. See, the Father will reward us openly when we do things in secret. He wants to reward you. And so I just want to just lean in on that again and just around, you know, that comfort factor that we, we so love comfort in this generation. Don't let comfort be your reward over these next 21 days. Let the Word of God, let your worship, let your fasting, whatever that is, be a catalyst for a greater reward than whatever temporary comfort is that you could gain in this season because He wants to reward you. When Daniel's fast ended, the angel came to him and said, look, this is what is going to happen. This is the strategy of the kingdom of heaven that is going to be rolled out through this next you know, chapter of time and then on into the millennial. God was, Daniel was fasting so that the promises and purposes of God could be rolled out into his world. 
It was a great reward. And finally, fasting is an act of humility. You're like, how is that a benefit? (laughs) Matthew 5 verse 5, blessed, this is the Beatitudes. Jesus said, blessed are the humble for they will see God. And I guess fasting is saying, look, God, I just depend on you, you alone to bring the shift that I'm looking. I'm going to put my strength, my ego, my desires down. I'm going to lay that down and just going to humble myself before you. In the previous chapter, in in Daniel chapter 9, this is kind of like you see the preparation that Daniel was making as he goes into the season of fasting. It says, I, Daniel, understood from the Scriptures according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord and I pleaded with Him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. See, David, he was, it wasn't his normal gears. <laughs> he didn't like, well, go my wardrobe, I'm going to wear sack number three today. He, <laughs> fireplace, ash. It was an outward expression for an inward heart move and shift that he needed to take. He needed to posture himself humbly before God. And he said, you know, there's this word that Jeremiah the prophet spoke. There's this word, he saw this word and it wasn't even a word to Daniel. It wasn't like, I don't, I couldn't see in the Bible where it said, you know, Daniel, you need to be the one to take this word, this word of promise. And Daniel saw someone else's word, someone else's prophetic declaration as a word of God for him. And he aligned himself with this and he saw it as an invitation. He saw the word of God, the promise is an invitation to see the promises released and realized through his life. And you can think, Flip, well, that was Daniel. He was like a super spiro from the Bible and he's like got it all going on and there's angels and, you know, I'm just, you know, I've just got a word of work on Monday. <laughs> I've got to go home and wipe the, my child's bottom. You know? And it's easy just to kind of look at the Bible characters and go, that were, that were the... They were the heroes, but God's calling us to be heroes in our time. He's calling us to rise up, to stand up, to be ones who will engage at this time. Because Daniel, man, he was someone who was brought into a Babylonian kingdom as a young man. And at that time, this was he was he was brought in as a slave. It's most likely that he was castrated. That's not convenient for the dreams that you have in your heart, maybe, you know. He was brought into a whole nother culture and he had to assimilate into another culture while watching his own people in desolation. And he faithfully stewarded the realm that he was given in life and he rose up through the ranks and he, would, he became like second. I think it was, no, that was... Joseph, but he became a key stakeholder in the governmental system of the Babylonian culture. He was brought 
in. He started out as a prisoner. He probably had a really busy schedule in life. And, and his king was King Darius. But da- Daniel was like, I don't, you know, yeah, I'll serve you, king. I'll serve you and I'll, I'll give my heart because everything, whatever I do, I do as I serve for the Lord and not for man. And, and at this time, Daniel was praying and fasting and, and he knew that his prayers and his fasting would actually cut out the middleman. King Darius, we'll just pop you over there because I'm going straight to the top. I'm going straight to the King of Kings. And I want to remind you in this time that whatever kingdom you're a part of, whatever domain you're a part of, whatever, whether that's oppressive or free, whether your workplace is frustrating or it's just amazing, I want to just remind you that your King is your King. (laughs) That the King Jesus Christ has the power and the ability to come into your world to cut out that middleman and bring the blessing and the favour and the freedom, the reward into your world. You might think, what's my domain? Man, as a member of the public. <laughs> I love the, the word that was given to Joshua. Everywhere you step your foot, that will be your territory. That is a promise for us in our civic community, in, our, in Waimakariri, in Hurunui, wherever you are, Christchurch, workplace. I want to remind you that that is the King's domain. You are an ambassador. You're going into the King's domain. Maybe in your family, this is another domain in life. Maybe you're a mum or a dad and you've struggled, you know, to get, (laughs) to bring your kids to church even. And I'm just like, man, I know that that's hard. But that domain, that place, your children, they are worth fighting for. They're worth fasting for. They're worth leaning to God in because their eternal salvation could be at stake. And He wants to bring freedom into your your family. And maybe you're here today and you're just like, man, I just, I can only really think about myself. (laughs) I got so much going on in my own life. And that's okay. I just want to remind you whose you are whose property you are, whether you know it or not. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, Do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honour God with your body. Maybe that's where you need to start. Maybe that's the domain that you need to say, Jesus, come in and I want to make you the Lord of my life and the Lord of my domain. I want to actually surrender to you. It all starts in that place. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on social media 